0: It's pretty discouraging when you've worked really hard on a course or a product and you launch it out into the world with lots of hope and excitement and then nothing. Maybe you make one or two sales or maybe not even that many, but pretty soon you start to question everything about that product. You might even be tempted to scrap the whole thing and just start over. I know that's how I felt when it happened to me, But you know that I'm all about problem solving and repeatable processes. So instead of scrapping what I knew to be a great product, I got to work fixing my key marketing piece, the sales page. This is Cindy Bedar, and you're listening to episode 47 of the Tiny Course Empire podcast. Today, I'm going to give you a process that you can follow when you've launched a product that just isn't doing as well as you'd hoped, or even if it is selling, but you'd love it to do better. What follows is a lesson from an actual course that I have created and sold called Sales Pages That Convert, which is why you're going to hear references to other lessons. I wanted to share it with you today because boosting your sales page conversion rates is a useful skill to have and making it a habit to review every single sales page through this lens will help you to sell more of every product or course you create. I'll be back at the end with some additional points that I didn't cover in this lesson, but that I think you're going to find helpful as well. But for now, I'm gonna turn this podcast episode over to past Cindy for a lesson from Sales Pages That Convert. Enjoy. Welcome to the Tiny Course Empire podcast, a weekly show dedicated to helping you launch and grow your digital course business, even if you don't have a big team or a six-figure ads budget. We'll help you design smart systems, take consistent action and achieve massive success on your own terms. Now here's your host, Cindy Bedar. Hey, it's Cindy from Cindybidar.com and SixFigureSystems.com and welcome back to Sales Pages That Convert. This is lesson eight, troubleshooting tips for underperforming sales pages. So far in this course, we've looked at how you can make your sales page copy more compelling, how to make your buy buttons more click-worthy, how to overcome those buying objections before they even crop up, and how to make your entire page more appealing. But what happens if you do all of that and your page still isn't making as many sales as you'd hoped for? Well, that's what this lesson is all about. I'm going to walk you through how to troubleshoot a sales page from top to bottom, starting with why you can't trust what anyone tells you about how well your page should be converting and how to judge it for yourself, the technical glitches that can kill your conversions, understanding the difference between a traffic problem and a conversion problem, what you need to know about time on page and what it might mean about your sales page copy, and how to know for sure which headline or call to action gets the best results. So let's dig in. If you listen to enough copywriters, you'll soon figure out that everyone has an opinion about how well your sales page should be converting. I call BS on that, and here's why. There are far too many variables at play for anyone to make predictions about someone else's conversion rates. Your market is unique. Your audience is unique. Your product is unique. And you are unique. There is just no way you can compare yourself to anyone else. So when you hear someone say your page should convert at 12% or 15% or that their page converts at 22%, it's all meaningless. The only numbers you can compare your conversion rate to are your own. Look at your other sales pages and see how they converted and then try to do better than that. Everything else is just a guess. While we're talking about conversion rates and what they mean, we probably should take a minute to go over how to even know what they are. Your sales page conversion rate is a percentage and you can calculate it by dividing the number of buyers of the product by the number of people who visited the page. So if you sold 534 courses and 4,107 people visited your page, then your conversion rate is just a hair over 13%. It's nothing too complicated, but you do have to be able to figure out how many people were on the page. The easiest way to do that is to check your Google Analytics. If you don't have that installed yet on your site, I highly recommend it. You can also use Google Analytics to figure out how many buyers you had, but I don't recommend that. It's easier just to check in your shopping cart for those numbers. Again, the number sold divided by the number of visitors gives you your conversion rate. Keep track of that number for all of your sales pages and that will give you a good baseline for your products and your market. When you have a page that you think is underperforming, compare it to your personal baseline before you start making any changes. The first and easiest thing to look for and to fix if necessary are technical issues. Read through your page and click all the buy buttons. Do they work? You might be surprised at how many sales pages I've seen where one or more buy buttons just doesn't go anywhere. And it's easy to miss this when you're building a sales page, so be sure to double check. The same is true for links that lead to your page. For example, if you send an email or you're running a Facebook ad, make sure that the links you're giving to your readers go to the right place. If you're offering a coupon, be sure that works too, because if it doesn't, that will definitely impact your conversion rate. Now, you might think that all of these things are easily found and that for sure someone would email you to say your coupon didn't work or your Facebook ad link is broken, and that's true. They probably will. But for every person who does email to tell you something's broken, there are dozens more who will just close the page and never return. Always double check your page for broken links and other easily fixable errors, and if necessary, have someone else check as well. With the technical gremlins out of the way, the next thing to ask is do you really have a conversion problem at all? Here's what I mean by that. Sometimes I have clients who come to me who say, My product just isn't selling. I've only sold three so far. They're clearly upset and they almost always want to blame the sales copy, but a closer look typically reveals that their conversion rate is just fine and what they really have is a traffic problem. When you're looking at conversion rates, the more data points that you have, the better the information. In other words, if only 25 people have seen your sales page, it's way too early to judge whether the page is converting well or not. Until at least 100 people have seen it, and preferably a whole lot more, it's not worth making any changes at all to the page. Once you've got all the techie bits handled and you've established that yes, you really do have a conversion rate issue, then what? The most common thing people want to change is the headline, and with good reason. It's absolutely the most important copy on your page. It's what hooks your reader and compels her to continue reading. But how can you know if your headline is actually doing its job? Google Analytics will tell you, because they will let you know how long people are staying on your page. If you find that your page visitors are bouncing away in just a few seconds, that's a pretty good indicator that your headline isn't connecting with them. On the other hand, if they're on the page for three or four minutes and still aren't buying, then something else is going on. If you do decide it's your headline that's the culprit, change it up. Choose another from your list. You did create a list, right? We did that in lesson three. So if you need a refresher, head back there and work through the headlines worksheet again. Just make sure that your new headline flows nicely with the rest of the page. You may need to tweak some other elements, such as the first paragraph or even some of the sub-headlines to make it make more sense. What if it's not your headline, though? What if the time on page is good, but they're still not buying? In that case, it's either a solution problem, in other words, you're not clearly describing your solution or the benefits of it, or it's a call-to-action problem. Try beefing up your product description first. Add screenshots if you don't have them already, or maybe a video of your product, and be sure you're including lots of benefits and not just features. Next, look at your calls to action. Are they easy to see and easy to click? Are there enough of them? How can you make them stronger or more compelling? Up to this point, though, we've really been guessing about what might or might not increase your conversions. We don't know for sure if the new headline will do any better than the old one, or if the new call to action will get more clicks than the previous one. That's kind of the art of writing a sales page. It's a feeling for what works best for your audience, and it's something you gain over time. But there's a way to shortcut that learning curve and go with the science, and that's by split testing. Split testing basically means that you're sending part of your traffic to one page and part of your traffic to a slightly different page to see which one they respond to better. For example, if you think your headline could use some work, you might set up a split test to test the original against the new one to see if there's any improvements. Split testing can make a huge difference in your conversion rates, but there are some things you need to know before you set it up. First, just as we talked about with calculating conversion rates, split testing is pretty much useless unless you have a lot of traffic. Unless you can be sure you're going to send at least a thousand visitors to a page, I would not bother setting up a split test. There just won't be enough data points to make a meaningful distinction. Also, and this is really critical, when you're split testing, only test one thing at a time. If you're split testing headlines, don't change anything else on the page. If you do, you won't know for sure which element caused a change in conversion rates. Was it the headline or the button color or the image at the top of the page? You won't know. It's impossible to tell if you change multiple things at the same time. Most page builders have their own split testing tools built in, so if you're using one of the more common landing page builders, setting up a split test is easy. If your page builder doesn't have split testing capabilities, there are third-party tools you can use, including Google's own Optimize, which works with your analytics account. It's a little geeky to set up, though, so unless you really love data and playing in your analytics, you probably won't love this one. All split testing tools operate in basically the same way. You'll need to create your sales page, then tell your page builder what indicates a conversion. In other words, which page will the buyer land on once the sale is complete. Knowing that URL lets your split testing software tell if a visitor has made a purchase or not. Once you have those two pieces worked out, you'll create a second version of your sales page with your changes and tell your software what percentage of traffic you want to direct to each version of the page. In most cases, you'll send 50% of your traffic one way and 50% the other way. From there, all you have to do is send traffic to the main URL and your split testing tool does the rest. It will redirect every visitor to one or the other page, keep track of who makes it to the goal page, and tell you the results. And that's a wrap for Sales Pages That Convert. We've covered what you need to know before you write your sales page, what sections to include, how to write great headlines, bullet points, and calls to action, how to anticipate and handle objections, conversion killers to watch for, and how to troubleshoot a page that's underperforming. I want to encourage you, if you have not already done so, to make use of the checklists and worksheets that go with these lessons. They'll help you brainstorm ideas and organize your thoughts so you can write better sales pages. But not only that, they'll help you make the whole process a lot faster for you. Thanks so much for joining me for this course and I look forward to hearing your sales page writing successes. All right, I'm back. And I just want to highlight a couple of things that lesson touched on, but it didn't really dig into because it's covered in other parts of the sales pages that convert course. First is your headline. This is by far the most important element of your sales page. You want it to really showcase the biggest benefit of your product what the buyer is going to get or achieve that they don't already have. If you have a page that's underperforming, that's the very first thing I'd work on because chances are good that your headline could be better. They can always be better, right? As you heard me mention, I like to create a list of potential headlines. I like to really brainstorm lots of different ideas from lots of different angles because the first one I come up with is almost always bad. I also like to keep a couple of the best ones handy, so if I have a page that's not converting well, I can quickly swap out the headline for something different and potentially better. Features and benefits are also a big deal on your sales page. I should probably do an entire episode all about features and benefits, but real quick, a feature is what describes your product, and the benefit is the results that your buyers will achieve. I see a lot of pages that are heavy on features, but pretty light on the benefits, if I'm being honest. For example, I see a lot of sales pages that will say things like, this contains 48 pages of checklists, or 14 pages of templates, or six color schemes, or 12 hours of video. Those are all features. They describe the product and what's in it. And they're important to know, don't get me wrong, but what's even more important is what is your buyer going to achieve by watching those 12 hours of video? That's what they really wanna know, so make sure that you're including lots of benefits alongside all of those features. So here's your action item for today. I want you to head on over to tinycourseempire.com forward slash 47 because I have a checklist on that page that you can download. It includes all of the points I've talked about here. So go ahead and download that and keep it handy. Then the next time you launch a product, you'll have it so you can double check all of the items to make sure that your page is converting as well as possible. And don't wait to pull it out only when you think you have a problem. Even a product that's selling really well can be improved, and a one- or a two-point increase in conversions can make a huge difference in your overall sales figures. Finally, if you're enjoying the show, as always, would you please do me a favor and leave me a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show? That really helps other people to find us, and I would be so appreciative if you would do that for me. Also, if you have a friend or a colleague who could use this specific episode, remember that the URL for that is tinycourseempire.com forward slash 47. You can send them directly to that page. And that's it for me. Have a terrific day, everyone, and I will talk to you all again next week.